Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. The Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade starting to echo through the land. This headline over at rawstory.com, Kansas City healthcare companies forced to stop giving emergency birth control to rape survivors. Now, Plan C, I believe, is the uh, actual abortion, the, the milfaprestone and the other drug, you know, that, that will induce an abortion up to, what, 12 weeks, something like that. But Plan B is... Not that. It's basically, I believe it's just high-dose birth control. And, and you know, if, if there's somebody out there who's a physician or an expert on these things, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. But, but I do know that Plan B does not cause abortions. Uh, it, I believe it prevents implantation. So if you think that the moment that the egg is fertilized in the fallopian tubes, life has begun, then it's stopping that from becoming a baby. But on the other hand, if you believe that a pregnancy begins when the egg, fertilized egg implants itself into the uterus and begins you know, forming a placenta, then it's not causing an abortion. And the official position of kind of the world is that Plan B does not cause an abortion. But in Missouri, typically when rape survivors would come to the hospital have, after having been raped, they would be given plan B to make sure that they didn't get pregnant with their rapist's child. And now the uh, St. Luke hospital system, which is 14 hospitals across Missouri, has said, no, nah, not going to do it anymore. This is uh, from a spokesman for the hospital uh, named Gifford. Laurel Gifford, a St. Luke's spokesperson, said, uh, quote, the Missouri law is ambiguous but may be interpreted as criminalizing emergency contraception. As a system that deeply cares about its team, we simply cannot put our clinicians in a position that might result in criminal prosecution. So what do you do? The Kansas City-based Metropolitan Organization to Counter Sexual Assault President Julie Donilon said, quote, it's important for rape survivors to know that if they are concerned that they need emergency contraception as part of their health care following a rape, they should not go to St. Luke's, Missouri. 
Now, the guy who will enforce this law is the current Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt. He, by the way, is running for the United States Senate. He wants to be the new senator from Missouri. But he's the guy who will prosecute abortion bans in the state. It's getting very, very weird out there. Stuff is happening. Okay, my op-ed today over at HartmanReport.com is one of those ones that uh, if you subscribe to it, or you could just you know, go over and see it at HartmanReport.com, it's free, there's no ads, whatever, you know, and it's one that you may want to print out and hang on to. And the reason why is because there are lengthy quotes in here from Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington, several of the founders declaring that they aren't Christians, that the United States was not founded as a Christian country, and that you have to look out for the religious fundamentalists because they want to corrupt our government. Oh, and John Adams. Uh, John Adams is the other one I'm quoting extensively in here. And they were unambiguous about this. They were outspoken, loudly outspoken about this. And the reason why I included all that in, in today's rant um, the, which is titled, by the way, it's at HartmanReport.com, it's titled, SCOTUS has dissolved into a blur of BS, QAnon, and fundamentalist religion, is because that's exactly what has happened. I, I mentioned this yesterday in the first hour, but uh, you know, it deserves pointing out again. Uh, yesterday, uh, Neil Gorsuch authored a decision, a Supreme Court decision, in the case of a uh, football coach by the name of uh, Joseph Kennedy at uh, a high school called Bremerton High School. And he was leading large prayer uh, events in the center of the field on the 50-yard on the line. And in fact, uh, this is from uh, Justice Sotomayor's dissent in this, in this case. Uh, she says, before the homecoming game, Kennedy made multiple media appearances to publicize his plans to pray at the 50-yard line leading to an article in the Seattle News and a local television broadcast about the upcoming homecoming game. In the wake of this media coverage, the district began receiving a large number of emails, letters, and calls, many of them threatening. So this guy was out on the 50-yard line with 30 or 40 other people, you know, loudly praying. And this is, and, and so Gorsuch just, I mean, literally lies. This is how Gorsuch opens. This is the first line of Gorsuch's decision. Petitioner Joseph Kennedy lost his job as a high school football coach in the Bremerton School District after he knelt at midfield after games to offer a quiet personal prayer. And then Gorsuch goes on 14 times to repeat that lie that this was a quiet prayer. These are some quotes from Gorsuch's decision. Quote, his decision to persist in praying quietly without his students. It wasn't without his students. They were all gathered around him. Offered a quiet prayer of thanks. No, it wasn't a quiet prayer. Offered his prayers quietly while his students were otherwise occupied. No, they were in a circle around him. Felt pressured to abandon his practice of saying his own quiet on-field post-game prayer. It wasn't quiet, and it wasn't his own. No one joined him as he bowed his head for a brief quiet prayer. Not true. The district disciplined him only for his decision to persist in praying quietly without his players. A lie. This is a lie that Gorsuch told. And then Gorsuch says, because they fired this guy for quietly praying, and by the way, Sotomayor puts a picture 
in the Supreme Court decision, which I've never seen before in my life. In fact, I think uh, this is the first time I have ever seen a Supreme Court decision. And I don't know, maybe Paul in Woodenville or some other uh, Supreme Court expert wants to correct me on this. But I don't think, I can't think of any other Supreme Court decision that literally, where the author of that decision lies 14 times. But Neil Gorsuch did, because he wants religion supported by government. You know, there was a huge debate between Jefferson and Madison. Jefferson thought that if the priests, if the religious folks ever got control of government, it would destroy government. Madison, who was a good Christian, Jefferson was not a Christian, he was a deist. Madison was concerned that if government ever started funding religion, it would corrupt the church. So Madison was afraid that government could corrupt the church. Jefferson was afraid the church could corrupt government. It turns out, as Neil Gorsuch proved in this decision yesterday, both were right. And this is something that was spoken out against by Thomas Paine, by Ben Franklin, by George Washington, by, I mean, the list goes on, by, you know, less, lesser known people like Dr. Benjamin Rush and Governor Morris. And I mean, basically the only Bible thumping Christian, fundamentalist Christian back during the, the, the founding era, and you'll find lots of quotes from him, was Patrick Henry. And Patrick Henry was a hypocrite. He was the largest slave owner in the state of Virginia. The guy who said, give me liberty or give me death. He was their, he was their pet fundamentalist Christian, their, their very own Lauren Boebert, who, by the way, Sunday was in a church in, in Colorado campaigning during church services. And she said, she said, I'm sick and tired of this separation of church and state junk. She said the church is supposed to direct the government. Really? You're listening to the Tom Hartman program. Now, I get it. She was a child when Reagan stripped civics out of our public schools. But still, a member of Congress saying the church is supposed to direct government? Honest to God? seem kind of blindsided by the Supreme Court pulling all these rabbits out of the hat. Um, I mean, just step after step after step of flipping the country more hard right in ways that the majority of Americans don't agree with. How did we get to this moment? Over at uh, Lever News, levernews.com, Lever News is the the publication David Sirota originated, and, and, and they've got a really good deep dive into into how dark money led to this moment, uh, written in part by Andrew Perez, the senior editor and reporter at Lever News, levernews.com. Uh, Andrew Perez, DC, is his uh, Twitter handle, Lever News, also on Twitter. Uh, Andrew, welcome back to the program. How did we get here? Sure. Um, thanks again for having me. My um, pleasure. So the way that we got... <laughs> Thank you. Um, the, the way that we got here um, was, you know, in a giant uh, pile of uh, dark money. We have no idea who, who's been funding this. Um, that, that was used to uh, to both flip the Supreme Court um, and build a, you know, a conservative supermajority there that was, you know, largely built to overturn Roe v. Wade. And, you know, this network was run by or is run by Leonard Leo, who served as uh, President Trump's uh, top judicial advisor. 
um, and he was a longtime executive at the Federalist Society. Um, and his network has been, you know, building since 2005 to first help confirm John Roberts and Sam Alito. And then uh, in, um, in the Trump era, he helped, you know, make the make the judicial selections and then uh, helped helped confirm them as well. Now, we've we've had um, Jeff Charlotte on the program a number of times about the family, this this right wing religious cult in Washington, D.C., that uh, brings in Republican congressmen, members of Congress and houses them and supports them and runs a national prayer breakfast. Is Leonard Leo affiliated with that? Um, well, so I think he might be involved with the National Prayer Breakfast, but, um, you know, so he's a conservative Catholic. Um, he's, you know, sort of considered to be tied to, to Opus Dei. Um, but, and, and, you know, a lot of the people who are involved in this, um, in his network, are also conservative Catholics. So where, how did, how did, how did they pull this off? Leonard Leo organizes, what, large piles of money, and then they use that money to pack the Supreme Court. How do they do that? Sure. Um, well, yeah, so they take in tons of money. They um, help run confirmation campaigns for the justices. And then, you know, the thing that we really uh, dove into in our, in our recent piece is, you know, they also then finance. Um, the Republican Attorneys General Association, and it's, it's Republican AGs who really led the uh, charge to overturn Roe. Um, it was the Mississippi Attorney General who led that case, the, the Dobbs case. Um, it's not Thomas Dobbs. Um, it's, it, it was Lynn Fitch, the Mississippi Attorney General. Um, and she was backed by, you know, uh, roughly two dozen other Republican attorneys general. And then they also, this network, um, also then finances, you know, a series of other groups that are um, are submitting what are called amicus briefs, which are kind of friend of the court filings, um, to help give uh, legal justification for overturning Roe. And this, this is a pattern that we're seeing in, in many, uh, many of the cases before the court this term. Is there, is there any progressive equivalent to this or liberal or even democratic equivalent to this? Yeah. So there's a, there's a group, um, well, for really about a decade or more, the, the, the Judicial Crisis Network, which is Leo's group, um, was allowed to kind of build in obscurity and kind of secrecy. Um, and, and, and it wasn't until the Trump era that um, liberals decided that it was time to, you know, to step up and create their own um, counterforce here. And, you know, the group, the group is probably about as successful at raising money. Um, they're very good at raising money, but, you know, the, they're, they're, there's a fundamental difference here, which is that, um, you know, the, the Republican lawmakers are were working, like, hand-in-hand hand with the Leo groups here, um, you know, fought, like, adhering to the same exact strategy as, as they were. So, you know, for instance, let's, you know, let's not hold a vote on Merrick Garland in 2016. Um, and then, yeah, like, let's let's really, really race, race to, to install Amy Coney Barrett um, right after the, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, you know, on the other side, you know, you have um, this group called uh, Demand Justice that is, you know, pushing for, you know, Supreme Court reforms, hoping to, to, to expand the court, um, you know, backing some judicial nominations. But, you know, you don't have the same kind of unified uh, caucus in the Democratic Party, right? Like, right. the Democratic Party is not racing to, to pack the court right now. You know, Joe Biden won't, won't endorse it. He, he created a commission um, to, to consider Supreme Court reform, and they haven't 
really done anything other than say that they're that you know that they're not going to do that. So you know the Judicial Crisis Network uh, was running all kinds of ads back when when Brett Kavanaugh was being confirmed, when Amy Coney Barrett was being confirmed, presumably Gorsuch. I remember those two though. Um, and they've renamed themselves. Is that because of the notoriety that they got, that they, or that they that they want to go back to running low under the radar? They're now called the Concord Fund, according to your article this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the reason they rebranded, they they actually cited, um, you know, one of the strategies employed um, by by these liberal groups. Um, you know, there there's there's there are two groups on the left or or among liberals that sort of act as what's known as like a fiscal sponsor where it's, it's one kind of parent organization that then has, you know, that serves as an umbrella for many, many other organizations. Um, and it's, it's a way to kind of ramp up the secrecy. Um, and, you know, you only ever kind of report paying, you know, a handful of vendors for what might be, a, you know, 100, or 100 groups um, under it. So that, that's sort of their main reason for rebranding. They're still using the Judicial Crisis Network as, as the name for running all these uh, confirmation ads. And, and also efforts to influence kind of lower court seats as well. Um, but, um, you know, it definitely adds a new layer of secrecy. It allows them to take, um, you know, big money and, and repurpose it for or use it for many other purposes. Um, and, and, you know, you, they, they've had a lot of success doing that. You know, one of the groups um, that's part of this network is called the Honest Elections Project. Um, you know, people might have seen their work kind of um, to, to try to, uh, you know, basically back voter suppression laws. That group is then also filing amicus briefs in some of these cases, too, before the court. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a kind of all-purpose vehicle now. And, you know, they, they're also using these organizations to then fund other groups backing their court picks as well. You, you note that uh, Donors Trust, which is a very uh, little-known but huge uh, right-wing group, has kind of, the, you call them the dark money ATM, um, they seem to be affiliated with this, that the uh, Ricketts family, which owns the Chicago Cubs, gave $3 million to this Concord Fund, the newly reinvented Judicial Crisis Network. But then you say the Concord Fund ra recently raised nearly all, or raised nearly all of its recent $48 million haul from two anonymous donors. How is that even legal? Yeah, um, so that's right. Is the Citizens the United? Fund you know, so this th these groups are operating in a in a, in a sort of older framework um, from uh, from actually the Buckley v. Vallejo decision that allows them to uh, to spend you know so on so called issue ads. You know, the ads that they're running to influence the court seats and the court selections are are considered issue ads. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously, like. There's, we've seen a huge influx of dark money since Citizens United. Um, and, you know, these groups are then actually then working to kind of undermine um, campaign finance laws more generally and any kind of restrictions on uh, money that can go into these organizations. But, you know, as far as that $48 million goes, yeah, two, two, it's really just two donors um, at all. Um, that, that, that gave that money. And we know one of those donors, um, just from other tax returns, is a group called the Rule of Law Trust. Um, and that is actually helmed by Leonard Leo as well. Um, so they're, they're using sort of a daisy chain uh, to, to, you know, funnel money into the Concord Fund. Um, but, you know, and we'll never know the donors at all to, you know, to the Rule of Law Trust or to the, the Concord Fund. You know, we know that the Rule of Law Trust is literally only taking donations that are, 
you know, above $20 million, like 20, 25, $30 million. That's, wow. that's the kind of world that they're operating in. And, and, you know, putting it, putting it quite, quite obviously, there were very, very few people on this planet who can afford this. Um, it- you know, there's, so you're talking about ultra wealthy individuals or corporate interests that are pooling their money um, to, and, and placing it all in one place to then funnel it down this way. But we have no idea. Absolutely and these are, no idea. these are not even tax deductible contributions. So these are, these are fabulously wealthy people or am I missing? Do I have that wrong? Yeah, you're correct. Um, it's not tax deductible. However, you know, businesses can treat, uh, donations to 501c4 social welfare organizations as a business expense. So that's, that's why I wouldn't oh, rule out that possibility in any way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap this up, Andrew Perez, senior editor and reporter at levernews.com. Is it safe to say, Andrew, that we have the best Supreme Court money can buy? It sure seems it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again for this great reporting that you've done over at levernews.com and and for dropping by the program, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. You can check out Andrew on Twitter, Andrew Perez DC or at levernews. We'll be right back. Sometimes Louise and I just crave a restaurant quality dinner at home without doing all the work or driving. Well, Cook Unity is the first chef to you service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it appears to be less expensive than other delivery options. Go to cookunity.com Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. We just received our first meals from Cook Unity And what a huge difference it is to get the best chefs in the country to bring creative, delicious meals to us and you every week. Every meal is handcrafted by chefs and made in local micro kitchens, not large production facilities. We just had the chipotle maple glazed salmon with green beans and mango pico de gallo. It had everything we love in a meal. They have all sorts of options like vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, and more. Menus are posted two weeks in advance so you have plenty of time to choose. Experience chef-quality meals every week delivered right to your door. Go to cookunity.com slash Hartman with two N's or enter the code Hartman with two N's before checking out for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code Hartman or going to cookunity.com slash Hartman. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. 
Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Susan in Caldwell, Idaho. Hey, Susan, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's on your mind today? Hey, I wanted to compliment you on your appearance yesterday on C-SPAN, first of all. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, um, I've been musing a little about what the Roe overturning and thinking about history. I'm not really willing to criticize the Democrats for not passing, codifying in federal law a right to abortion over the last 50 years. Who saw the utter transformation of the Republican Party coming the way it has come down? But I'm thinking back, we need to look at the history of AIDS in our country and the world. I started my nursing career in 82 in Los Angeles at the start of the AIDS epidemic when that marginalized community was demonized. The only people who wanted to take care of the victims were the guys we called the worried well and lesbians, essentially. And they were ignored for years in the 80s. What happened? They organized themselves and ACT UP evolved. I think we women need to take a page from the ACT UP movement and start laying our bodies down in front of the walkways that these politicians want to walk on, crazy gluing our hands to their office doors, anything to make life uncomfortable for them. Because what did ACT UP do? Dr. Fauci was in NIH when AIDS evolved. He didn't really do much until ACT UP came along, and they put a pin in his rear end. And we started finding funding for medications that eventually got us to the protease inhibitors in the mid-90s that have saved so many lives. Yeah, part of the problem was the Reagan administration, Susan. I mean, you know, Reagan refused to even mention the word AIDS throughout his entire eight years of his presidency. Precisely. Two, two of my best friends died of AIDS. I, I remember that era very, very well. Oh, absolutely. I had an apartment in West Hollywood. My neighbors were dying around me, and the community could not come together, even though we had a Democratic mayor, we had, but we had a succession of Republican governors in California at the time. We had President Reagan. ACT UP saw, came out of the, this environment where no one wanted to help them except their worried well friends and lesbians, essentially. Okay, and some Quakers, but really nobody wanted to help this marginalized community. They took it upon themselves and said, we're going to do something. They started getting in the face of our government. And miraculously, money came, there, came the way of research. And what did we find? We found not a cure, but a way to live with this disease. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, for women, we've just, just sat back. What happened when Roe, this Roe decision of Dobbs came down? Nancy Pelosi read a poem, 
some representatives stood on the Capitol steps and sa saying, God bless America, and we've all received in our emails a request for money. We need to do something to get into the face of these anybody who can possibly help us. What Marjorie was telling you a little bit earlier about the ramifications, you know, that nobody could ever foresee that a woman can't get treatment for a disease right. because she might have a child possibly. That's crazy. Yeah. We need to get in their face. Yeah, I'm with Just you. Just look at ACT UP and take a, a page from their history. I, I think that's brilliant, Susan. I absolutely do. And I remember that era very, very painfully, very well. Susan, thank you for the call. Ron in Seattle. Hey, Ron, what's on your mind? The thought crossed my mind in mulling all this recent information was that uh, it was a unpopular Supreme Court action in the 50s that prompted the Montgomery bus strike that I believe went on for a year, maybe a little more, and ultimately achieved its goal. And that What was the Supreme Court work. action that provoked the Montgomery bus strike? The denial of, I, I don't know. Oh, you're talking about Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896, the, the separate but equal doctrine. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, go for but it. Some, some way of, I don't, again, I don't know how this would work, but some sort of organized civic action to, that would impair the, not necessarily impair the work of the, of the court, but somehow disrupt s civic action at a certain level that uh, the government simply could not can move on with with the other business of the government yeah and uh so again i don't know how that would work but some some sort of uh you know on on a scale of a bus strike you know of just saying everybody's not going to ride this bus now right until we get what, what we want yeah it's an interesting idea ron i i uh you know generally boycotts are not national boycotts are not effective local boycotts can sure. be very effective but whether that would be the way to do it. This November is going to be fascinating because there's a number of issues here that should be bring, bringing voters out of the woodwork. And then you get, you know, right-wing hate radio out there talking about, you know, BLM is trying to burn down the country and, and all this, you know, racist nonsense that they're spouting to get the, these poor people, these poor suckers all whipped up. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. To Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Charles in Jonesboro, Louisiana. Hey, Charles, what's up? Hi, Tom. I remember in the past that you had uh, talked about Congress to pass a law that would be beyond judicial review. That's how, correct. How did that go? That's correct. How, how did that process work? Um, all Congress would have to do is invoke their authority under Article 3, Section 2 of the Constitution, which says that the Supreme Court shall operate under regulations and exceptions as defined by Congress. And so Congress would write a law, and in the body of that law, they would say this law is not subject to judicial review. In other words, the Supreme Court may not evaluate this law. And by the way, there were something like 60 different pieces of legislation just in 1981, the first year of the Reagan presidency, when the Republicans were all enthusiastic about this as a way to overturn Roe and Brown v. Board. Over 60 pieces of legislation that, that had that built into them. Um, this has been going on for a long, long time. There have been a couple of pieces of legislation passed. It's just the Supreme Court has never taken up any of them. So it's never been adjudicated. 
Um, but, you know, I think it's fairly, fairly clear. Uh, g- grab a copy of the Constitution online, Charles. Go to Section 3 and read Article 2. It's right there. It's in plain black and white, unambiguous language. Ari in Eureka, California. Hey, Ari, what's on your mind today? I just wanted to remind you that women have been denied health care just all along. Especially black women are routinely denied, uh, especially pain medication. They're yep. expected to tough it out. And not so easy to get a tubal ligation, as you were discussing with your other caller. I had to call my doctor every week for over a year before he would do a tubal ligation on me. I was old enough to drive, old enough to vote, old enough to drink, old enough to rent a car. But a man kept me from getting the tubal ligation I needed wow. for over a year. Wow. Now, granted, I was young, but still, my decision. My I wonder decision. if they're that way with that. You know, I got a vasectomy after our third child was born, so I was in my late 20s, um, and we had three kids. But I wonder what would have happened if I had gone in when I was 19 and said, sterilize me. I, I suspect I it probably wouldn't have been as big, as big a deal as what you confronted, Ari. Yeah, I was 25. <clears throat> and wow. he thought just because I didn't have kids that I wasn't capable of making that decision. Well, sorry, best decision I ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, let's see, our first was born when I was 21, so, and our, so I must have been 30 or 31, but nonetheless, you know, it's, yeah, uh, Ari, and, and particularly the thing about black women, I mean, this, this uh, idea that was promulgated back during the slavery era that black people are immune to pain and the black skin is thicker than white skin and all these other stories that were told. Um, are, you know, obviously are all lies and BS. And yet today in 2022, I mean, there was a study. We, I, I did a whole thing on it on this program last year. We had a guest on about it showing that black people in, in you know, after surgery, black people get less anesthetic than white people do. It's, it's exactly. incredible. I mean, all across the country. This isn't just in southern women. Mississippi. And especially black women. And by the way, if men had to have periods, we would have a three-week work month. <laughs> You're right. And if men could get pregnant, abortion would be a sacrament. You're absolutely right. right. Ari, thank you. Thank you for the call. Karen in Muskogee, Oregon? I, oh, oh, no, that's Oklahoma, right? It's Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, I'm in the golden buckle in the Bible belt here. I guess um, so. Oh, Yeah. If the court is going to probably eventually going to take away contraceptives, is this going to include contraceptives for men, condoms, and vasectomies? Is that going to be uh, a thing? Is Are they going to go along with that? It dep- or is it just women? It depends on the rationale that they use. Um, when Griswold... <laughs> Before the Griswold decision in, I think it was 65, and the Griswold v. v Connecticut before yeah. the Supreme Court, before that, condoms were illegal to possess in Connecticut, even married couples. Really? Yeah. In fact, it was condoms that were at issue there. And it was huh. a, the Griswold was a married couple who wanted to use condoms in the privacy of their own bedroom, and the state of Connecticut said, no, you can't. And so uh, if we go back to that, outlawing all birth control, which was basically the Catholic position, if we go back to outlawing all birth control, then, yeah, it would probably include condoms. My guess is, though, that they'll do it much more narrowly. What they will do is they will say that um, because IUDs prevent implantation into the uterus, 
So a uh -huh. fertilized egg, I mean, the fertilization occurs in the fallopian tubes, right? So you've got a right. fertilized egg coming down the fallopian tubes. It hits the uterus. It normally implants, and boom, you've got a baby go or a zygote, or, you know, the beginning of, of yeah. life. Um, but instead, it, it gets flushed out. So the Catholic position on that is that an IUD is provoking an abortion because it's a fertilized egg. There's also some types of birth control pills that um, prevent implantation rather than preventing fertilization. In fact, I think most of them do. And that's why the official Catholic position is that birth control pills should not be used. So if they use yeah. that logic, then they could allow condoms, which don't prevent you know, implantation, they prevent fertilization, and then disallow anything that, that prevents implantation. And, uh, you know, because the science really was not all that well-defined in the 60s. And yeah. they were just basically running off Catholic law uh, or Catholic uh, policy or whatever you want to call it. So, Well, um, uh, this, the 60s thing. Uh, back in my day, I used to work for a uh, very prominent uh, private radiologist. And um, this young girl came in uh, for an X-ray, and um, she was uh, she was pretty far along, probably about six months along. And they don't usually do X-rays on pregnant women, but they had to in this case because I guess her doctor saw some abnormalities. And they X-rayed her, and um, uh, the radiologist afterwards showed me her x-ray. This is before HIPAA, of course. What she was carrying was a severely malformed fetus, and it even had claws on its hands and its feet. And the doctor in his uh, radiology report, he called it a monster. The world is full of tragic stories like this, and they're going to get worse here in the United States soon. in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Hey, Brenda, what's on your mind today? I was talking to a friend who is gay. She lives in Ohio, and she started to cry and was getting very upset. Um, she started reading that um, Mike Devine, DeWine signed a bill yesterday. It was on part of the budget that says that allowing help, the language included allowing health care workers, hospitals, and health insurance to refuse or provide or pay for medical services based on any moral, ethical, or religious objection that they have. Well, and So you could refuse I, medical services to gay people? That's basically what it is. I would like for you to, to read it. Um, and I was going to also say that I think a lot of these uh, red states are taking an opportunity when people are, you know, covering the hearings and everything, to sign certain things that are very detrimental to people. And um, I, I don't know what happened to Christianity because I think they've never heard of the second greatest commandment. I really, I really don't think they know what it is. But this will mean that people can die because of their belief, just like women can die. You can be now uh, a male or female can die because you can't get medical treatment. And I think somewhere in there it states that, well, they could pass it on. But as you know, if you're having a heart attack, you know, you need medical care right then and there. And then it says that there are 
250 anti-LBGT TG bills that came under consideration in more than 30 state legislatures across the country in 2000. And one, but sometime maybe you could you could go through that and discuss that a little bit because I think people need to be aware of what else they're doing. And um, I mean, when you just you know that would be like, oh well, you're a Catholic, I'm not going to treat you, or oh you're a Baptist, I'm not going to treat you. They don't understand that then you can start having other religions on their religious beliefs starting to refuse them. Right. Makes me think, Brenda, that we should probably get the the president of, oh, the Human Rights Campaign, that we should get the Human Rights Campaign on and see if they've got a good summary of anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ legislation going on, because it is, it's a huge issue. Robert in Roswell, New Mexico. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind today? Corporations are persons. These persons are owned. Are they slaves? Yeah, this... And if they're owned by foreign corporations or foreign persons, is any money they give to political parties subject to FARA? Yeah. Did they yeah, lobbyists? The foreign, yeah, the foreign, foreign uh, lobbying act. Yeah, Robert, what you're, what you're doing and doing very well is pointing out the, the, the patent on its face absurdity of the Citizens United decision and the the three decisions that preceded it, particularly Buckley and Bilotti, um, back in the 70s, and you know these decisions and 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 that you know people that in law schools they teach you know uh, goes all the way back to 1886. Um, these decisions are on their face absurd to say that a corporation is a is a, you know should have rights under the Constitution because they're a person. Yes, they're an artificial person at law. They have to pay taxes, they can own land, they can sign contracts. So they have to have some sort of personhood, but that's artificial personhood. Natural personhood gets you the right under the First Amendment to to free speech and to refuse to speak. And corporations have now claimed that right under the First Amendment. Um, Natural persons under the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution have the right to privacy. And now corporations have claimed that right of privacy. The, the most famous case was almost 15, 15 years ago, maybe a little longer, with Dow Chemical. When, they, when they, uh, the EPA was flying airplanes over chemical factories with monitors on the bottom of the plane looking for, for leaks of poisons, you know, of, of uh, hexane and stuff like that. And, and they discovered that this one Dow Chemical, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it's in my book, Unequal Protection, this one plant was just pumping out poison. The company went to the Supreme Court and said, we're a person, we have a Fourth Amendment right to privacy. They invaded our privacy right, and the court said, you're right. And so now you have to announce inspections before you go into chemical factories. They claimed the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, and and the Supreme Court backed them up. They've claimed the Sixth and Seventh Amendment rights to due process. None of these rights in the minds of the founders were being given to corporations. For that matter, corporations at the time the Constitution was signed in 1789 didn't even exist in their modern form. So, yes, uh, spot on. You said it very well, and, and I agree with you, Robert. It's nuts. Margie in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Hey, Margie, what's on your mind today? I just wanted to point out that I have been saying for quite a while that medication medical treatment for all menopausal women is about to end. That all medical procedures and medications that cause or may cause harm to a fetus will be denied to women who are pregnant, 
or may become pregnant. This is now happening. For example, there are reports in there are reports in Wisconsin that women are now being denied chemo. And because they're pregnant or because they're of childbearing age? Because they are childbearing age. And in South Carolina, a woman who has rheumatoid arthritis is being denied a medication that she has taken for 20 years because it's the same medication that can cause an abortion. Yeah, my brother was on that. And again, this woman was not pregnant. The woman in South Carolina was not pregnant. She was merely of childbearing age. She is of childbearing age and is being denied the medication. Wow. Wow. I mean, this, I is, this is where you I was not being histrionic. No, I, I get it. I, what, does she have to have a tubal ligation before they'll give it to her or something? I mean, is that is that where we're going? She doesn't know what to do. You must she sterilize yourself? Do. She doesn't know what to do because she's also, because you do know that they won't sterilize a woman unless they're over 35, have 2.3 children, and are married and have the permission of the husband. Wow. Margie, if you've, you know, I have not seen these stories and I can't corroborate what you're saying. If you, if you could find them and tweet them to me or get them to me some other way, I would really appreciate I w- it. I have been trying to cross post you on them, Where? but I'm not good at that on Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I mean, just send me a tweet. Start it with a period, then I'm at trying. Tom underscore Hartman and uh, I will get it. And I'll, I'll go looking I'm for sure. them during the, during the next break. Margie, thank you. Tony in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Hey, Tony, what's up? You know, I heard your conversation earlier about how they've never impeached at a Supreme Court judge. Correct. But the mechanism to do so is in place. You're right. Every single one of those judges, when they went through their confirmation hearing, said under oath that they would uphold precedent. That means that they could be prosecuted for perjury. I don't think so. Once that perjury... I mean, I I think morally, you're absolutely right, Tony, but you would have to, the burden of proof to prove that they intend, they intentionally lied with the intent of deceiving Congress is massive. I don't see how you could do that. I think the, 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 I think that you can impeach Clarence Thomas, certainly, for the, the, what he he and his wife have been up to, for trying to overthrow the republic. You yeah. know, uh, for for just plain old good old fashioned corruption and 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 criminality, and and I think but that we should absolutely them. do that now. And you can expand the court, and that can be done with a simple majority in Congress. Although it will be subject to a filibuster unless we get enough Democrats in the Senate in, in this November that we can throw out the filibuster and then actually get something done for this country. Well, if I'm not mistaken, Tony Barrett said under oath specifically that she would uphold Roe versus Wade. No, she did not and say she that. What, what she, it was weasel words. She said words to the effect of, uh, you know, I, I consider Roe v. Wade to be uh, uh, established law or something like that, which is simply a statement of fact. It's not a statement of how she's going to vote in the future. These guys are really good at their weasel words, Tony. They got, they got billionaires backing them who are writing the scripts for them and rehearsing them and try, you know, testing them, trying them out. And they go through a whole training program to testify before the Senate. I mean, seriously, okay. it's insane. I'll, um, so I also, also want to add on that last caller about the funding. Mm-hmm. Use the funding through the ACA. The Affordable Care Act. Yeah, the problem there is that, you know, even even cutting funding to hospitals is that you would be hurting people in those states who have not, 
you know, committed any crime, and a lot of them are going to be people who didn't even vote for Republicans. Um, you know, and, and, and most, uh, most state health care for the government officials yeah. is tied to the ACA. Oh, that's right. The Republicans put that in the Affordable Care Act, didn't they? That if you're a government official, you have to get your your health insurance through the ACA. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe maybe there's something possible to do that. I I, I'm skeptical, but I'm I'm willing to listen. Tony, thank you. Thank you. Like I said, we're we're group groups brainstorming here. Dana in New York City. Hey, Dana, what's up? Hey, Tom. Um, Both good and bad to be talking again so soon. it's a tough day, but uh, Dana, we only have a minute, so what's up? Yeah, I just wanted. Well, I just wanted to say the only hope I really, you know, hold in all this is, you know, this, this ends up being a case of the dog catching the car for the Republicans. Yep. And yeah, I, I am hopeful really this is what wakes up a generation of people under thirty or forty who had never had. They have no experience with this, and suddenly they're yeah. going to. I mean, I've always been. For me, abortion has never been about when life begins. It's about keeping that power in the hands of the mother and away from the state, yeah. the church, and the corporation. Yep. So I've always scrupulously avoided the whole, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, yeah, yes, life begins with conception. Big deal. Yeah. It's the woman's right to make that decision. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I consider it a religious question, pre-viability, post-viability. I think it's legitimately a legal question. and. And, you know, we've always been on the side of you can't abort a viable fetus. I mean, it's just, it's like, yeah, that's, well, I mean, well, that's, that's the law. Yeah, well, that's the, depending on how you judge it, you know, the, how badly written Roe was originally written. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the other thing, Dana, that, you know, we're not acknowledging is that it has been 50 years or 49 years that uh, yeah. Democrats have had the ability to put Roe into law and they have failed to do so. And it's time to get with the program. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Patricia in Marietta, Georgia, or Patrick, excuse me, in Marietta, Georgia. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind? Hi there. It seems like this abortion decision is a perfect opportunity for the state Democrats in the various states to to make Republicans put their money where their mouth is. The Kaiser Family Foundation, for example, says on their website there are about 72,000 abortions in Florida in 2019, and the Florida Department of Education website says that it costs 23,000 per student to build a stool, just the construction cost, and you have land acquisition and other legal and design and so forth. So that alone in Florida is $2 billion for the 72,000 approximately new uh, children that if they ban abortion, they would need. And given the time it takes to find land, design, build a school, that's five years. So. Yeah, there's a major logical fallacy, though, in your argument, Patrick, and that is that you're assuming that, that because they've banned abortion, women are going to stop getting abortions. Women have always gotten abortions. They're just going to start dying from it. 
Well, uh, that unfortunately will be true, but at least though, the, if you assume that they are 100% uh, correct, give them the say that, okay, you want to ban it, okay, that's 72000 we need more money for schools. Here goes yeah. the bill, $2 billion. I get it. Vote on it. I get it. I get it. Patrick, thank you. Yeah. I, you know, I understand your logic. I, I, you know, it's, but be careful. Fia in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, Fia, what's up? Oh, hi, Tom. It's actually Fia Long Eye. Fia. But thank Fia. you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling. My, my comment is regarding the fertilization clinics. With the, the current mindset, it, it, it seems that America is turning to, everybody's just turning into mean people. I'm wondering if they aren't going to say to a woman that has to use a fertilization clinic to have a family that maybe she shouldn't have a baby. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just one of those weird thoughts. But the other, the other side of my comment is this. What are they going to do with all the embryos? Because when a woman goes into a fertilization clinic, they don't just fertilize one egg. This is going to be a major issue because you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, when for in vitro fertilization, not only do they fertilize multiple eggs and then dispose of the ones that aren't used, which is under the doctrine, both Catholic doctrine and the doctrine that a lot of these right-wing states are using is killing human beings. But then when they implant them, um, typically there's multiple uh, embryos that implant and begin growing, and then they have to go in and do selective abortions. They have to, they have to take out some of them. And, exactly. and so the whole process is, is uh, of producing a baby for a couple who wants it is, is probably going to run afoul of the law in most of these states. And I think that's a, a very, very large shoe that has not yet dropped and is fixing to. So uh, I, I think you're right, Tom. Yeah. So we'll see. Thank how, you for your time, Tom. You're welcome. Thank you, Fire, for, for the call. And, and we'll see how this all shakes out. Sean is suggesting we put an asterisk by the uh, Declaration of Independence. Does not apply to women. The rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's amazing. I just wanted to play a little clip here. This is from a YouTube. In 1970, New York State, I believe, was the first state in the United States. Keep in mind, this is three years before Roe v. Wade was the first state to legalize abortion. I might be wrong on what the order was. In, in 1970, New York State voted to legalize abortion. And there is this great clip over on YouTube that is all these little excerpts, these little clips from the debate on the floor of the uh, New York State Assembly. And uh, here is one. This is a New York Assembly, Assembly person, George Michaels. In the last 10 years, 367 young women in New York City were known to have died as a result of an abortion or an attempted one. Could we have saved 367 young women from dying if we had not imposed upon them our sense of morality and condemned them, and I insist on using the word condemned, to the butchery of the side streets of Harlem? There are many who say that this bill is abortion on demand. I submit that we have abortion on demand in the state of New York right now. This is Assemblywoman Constance Cook. Any woman that wants an abortion can get one. And the real difference is how much money she has to spend. If she has $25, she has it done here under the most abominable circumstances. 
And if she doesn't have the $25, she can abort herself. And regretfully, this is happening more often than you or I like to admit. And it continues from there, but it was a hell of a debate, and uh, they ultimately won. So, picking up your calls, Karen in Winter Haven, Florida. Hey, Karen, what's up? Well, um, nobody seems to be talking about uh, holding the, the males that uh, are impregnating women uh, responsible in this thing also. And I think if we start to, trying to pass laws in the states to uh, have the males uh, be responsible for the uh, support of the forced birth, uh, we'll see this uh, turn around real quick. Yeah, Republicans are doing the exact opposite. They're trying to give rapists child, uh, uh, child custody rights. Yeah, I, they, uh, I see them terribly afraid that we won't have their children. Yeah, it's, it's very you know. bizarre. It's very bizarre. Karen, thank you. Excellent point. Excellent point. Richard in uh, Naples, Florida. Hey, Richard, what's up? Hey, Tom. I'm so enjoying your program. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Supreme Court. That's the basic uh, question that I want to raise. Uh, all of the items I'm hearing, especially the idea of having uh, equal rights be used uh, as, as a basis uh, for uh, 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 changing the laws with abortion, uh, that's, that's one thing. But the Supreme Court is involved in all of these things in one form or another. The dark money that has come in uh, and, and yep, they legalized the, that. That by they and, and in fact they in 1976 uh, uh, Andrew mentioned the Buckley decision. That was 1976. That was three years after, two years after Congress had made it a, a crime for for dark money to be in politics. This was in response to the scandals of, of Richard Nixon taking millions of dollars in bribes. Um, and, and then the Supreme Court just blew that up in 76. You know, as soon as uh, Lewis Powell got on the court, that was the end of that. Yeah, I think I heard you say a little while ago that uh, do you think the Supreme Court is the best one that speech can buy? We, we have the best Supreme Court money can buy. That was my statement. Well, money, money and speech, it's the same thing. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> right. According to the okay. Supreme Court. So, yeah. Anyhow, the, what I was calling to say is uh, I, uh, Joe Biden, I believe, uh, would, would very much like to have a basis to make one issue clear as day for the upcoming uh, term elections. Uh, and that is that we need to overturn the Supreme Court activity. I heard on your program while I was waiting, uh, somebody by the name of Jim uh, Hightower. Mm -hmm. uh, you know Jim Hightower? I mean, I don't know if you know Yeah, him. he's an old friend of mine. He's, he's down in Texas. He's a former he's, well, elected official. Okay, well, well, I listened to whatever you guys had on about with him him talking he just said everything i could say in so much better way than i could please look him up if you haven't done that that last thing he did about sure I'll, I'll have to check it out but it's called the high tower lowdown and and you can find it on uh, on the internet and you can subscribe to it and it's uh, oh. jim hightower is a great guy and he does great work richard thank you for the call david in miami hey david what's on your mind today 
the three latest Supreme Court justices lied. They ought to be impeached for that. You can't lie to the U.S. Senate and go scot-free. And the fourth justice, Clarence Thomas, decided a case involving his own wife, so he should be impeached as well. If the Democrats had any moxie at all, that would happen. And here's the second part. If any of those justices were removed, I would appoint, uh, I would appoint, Biden should appoint uh, Merrick Garland to replace one of them. And then to replace Merrick Garland, you should get Elizabeth Warren, because she would not be afraid for an instant to go after Donald Trump. The January 6th hearings prove that Donald Trump deserves to die in prison. He's what's dividing this country more than anything else. Merrick Garland would see it as partisan to go after him. He's not going to go after him no matter what. Uh, Elizabeth Warren wouldn't hesitate. Trump would be in prison within six months. Yeah, I get your point. I, I don't think that uh, I would not put Merrick Garland in the court because he's he's in his late 60s, early 70s. Um, I, you know, I'm, I mean, look at what Trump is doing. He's putting 40 year olds on the court. That's that's really, uh, you know, what uh, what Democrats should be doing, frankly. Well, the only reason I said it is because he was cheated out of the seat he should have had. And uh, yeah. I yeah. want to see justice done. Yeah. And with regard to uh, our attorney general, I uh, my my favorite candidate is Sheldon Whitehouse. But I also think that, oh, he's uh, good too. you know, Amy Globe- Amy Klobuchar would probably do a very good job. Also, she used to be a prosecutor. Yeah. I don't think I think both of those people are very good people, but neither one of them is as aggressive as uh, Elizabeth Warren. She is just a fireball. Yeah, she absolutely is. But uh, she's also doing a great job in the Senate and she may well be running for president in the next year or so. I'm also thinking that there's a lot of opportunities here uh, coming forward for essentially rebooting the whole the Justice Department and everything else after the election. I don't think the Biden administration is going to do anything before the election. And they're not going to come out and say, oh, we need to change the court. None of that is going to happen until after November because they don't want to just create another kerfuffle that's going to that's going to obscure the whole Roe v. Wade thing. I think Democrats are betting that that's going to be the thing that gets them into office. And I think it's a safe bet. Liz in Los Angeles. Hey, Liz, what's up? Hi, um, I want to call, uh, talk about this abortion issue and the men who created these children. I think they should be paying child support from the day of conception. No, well, it makes um, you know if you're legally going to assert that a, a that a, that a zygote is a human being, and you know particularly with the personhood laws, then yeah, they should get child support. I worked in the family law courts, and I did go into the child support, worked a couple of times in the child support collection. And you would be amazed at some men who had children all over the place. One guy used to go to another country to visit his wife, and every time he went down there, he created another child, so they had eight children. Wow. And, and then he That's had amazing. three girlfriends here. Yeah. Liz, Liz I'm sorry, i got to run. I'm out of time, but uh, thank you. Hey, special thanks to Louise Hartman, Sean Taylor, Nate Atwell, Jamie Holly, Joyce, The Hammer, Nance, Nate, Nigel Peacock, Sue Nethercutt, Patrick Hoyt, Gerald Halbert, Ron Hartenbaum, Chase Spross, Nicholas Miller, Pat Sweeney, Al Gorilla Rhythm, Connor Arroyo, and Carna Verde, all the folks who work on this program to bring you uh, whatever this is that we bring you every week, every day, five days a week. I, I think it's enlightenment, right? I, and I hope you do, too. I hope it's of value to you. Thanks so much for listening to our program. If we ever learned the importance of political action, we learned it today. Get out there, get active. We need to get ready for November. Tag, you're it.
You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. 